Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. Hi, this is Ann Heinrichs with Adventive Cross-Cultural Initiative, and you're listening to Engaging Mission Show. Welcome to the Engaging Mission Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Hi, and welcome to the Engaging Missions Show. This is a special edition, and we have Joshua McLeod rejoining us. He's been on the show before, where we talked about some of the more traditional things about who he is and what he does. You can find that at engagingmissions.com slash Joshua McLeod. But today we're going to talk about a few more specific things around how he got started in what some might view as a little bit of an untraditional ministry that has real strong benefits, as well as how God's guided him through some of that. Uh, he's a photographer, a filmmaker, and he he uses art to display God's beauty in the people around the world, and he has a real heart to pour into the nations. I think this is a really viable and valuable ministry. And even if you're not an artist or you don't think about art, I think that what he shared is really deep, really good, really valuable. I think you're going to love this. Yeah, you know, I'm so glad that you can make time. For those who are listening, we're, we're recording really early in the morning. And for an artist, this is not exactly the ideal time to be up. So Joshua has really been kind to me. Now, Joshua, can you tell us what's, what's Picture the Nations about? You know, um, Picture the Nations is a photography ministry. And uh, I think a, a lot of times when we think about people, we live in a society that really uh, there's a lot of stigma for, for anything. If I say Muslim, you know, we think, oh, every Muslim's a terrorist. Or if I say, you know, African, I think, oh, everybody lives in a, in a mud hut. Mm. Um, but really, when we think of any people, I, I think that we're really supposed to think of created in the image of God. And so what Picture the Nations is, is, is it's an attempt to show the beauty of the people in all nations. So what we do is we go on uh, photography trips and we take uh, portraits. And instead of just taking the pictures and kind of bringing them back here, we bring along portable printers. And so we, we take a picture of someone and then we print it out on the spot and we give them Mm -hmm. uh, that print. And then we ask permission to use the, their photo to show the beauty of their country so that instead of, you know, if I, if I say Iraq and you think of, of, you know, terrorists and, and things like that, instead I can say, Hey, let me show you the picture of a beautiful person in Iraq. Mm. Um, and so, you know, we have missionaries that are, that are out all over the world that, 
when they come and they give a presentation, everybody's like, oh, wow, you know, this is a really great presentation. But then they never really remember that person anymore. You know, the missionary comes and we remember them for a day and then we completely forget about them. And so having, having been in so many, I've been in, I guess, 26 countries all over the world and, uh, and seen lots of missionaries and ministries and things. The idea uh, came that, well, what if every missionary in the world had a National Geographic quality photography book that when they come on furlough, when they go and share at a church, that they can, you know, give these books away or, or you know, sell them uh, to raise money for their ministry, but also a book that would show the beauty of the people in the country that, that they serve. And so in that way, missionaries can remember or, or the people who support missionaries can remember them by having a, a book that sits on their coffee table. And then when they think about, you know, Mongolia or Azerbaijan or Chile or wherever they're at, um, they can kind of have that book. So that's sort of in a nutshell what the whole Picture of the Nations project is about. Okay, yeah. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, one of the things that I so appreciate is your approach toward trying to really highlight the beauty of the beauty of people. Um, my experience has often been that if I see a picture from for somebody from another nation, typically in Africa, I'll see a, a young kid who's starving or something like that. That yeah. You know, that art that kind of borders on, I don't know, it just makes me feel uncomfortable. And I love that yours doesn't do that. So I, I, I appreciate that. As, as I'm thinking about this, you know, you've, you've talked about this ministry that you have, filmmaker, photographer. When did you actually start taking pictures? Oh, well, the first, golly, I, 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 my first sort of dance with photography was, I think back, I, I, I took a trip to Scotland in 2001. And uh, I borrowed um, I borrowed a camera uh, from my wife's dad, and I went to Scotland, and I, I like read the manual, and I went and I shot I don't know I, I shot a ton of rolls of film. This was you know back before digital was really a big deal. Yeah. And I came back from Scotland, and I, I developed all these pictures, and I looked at them. And they were just the worst pictures you've ever seen in your life. Oh. I mean, I didn't shoot a single straight horizon or anything. I mean, they were blurry. Uh, and I just realized I am not a photographer. This is horrible. I, there's, this is, you know, this is not something that I should do. Uh, but five years later, uh, I actually, I bought a book on photography and I was still intrigued by it. And I, I had, uh, from the company that I was working with, I had a bunch of um, like Best Buy gift cards. So I bought a, a digital camera and I, I bought this book and I was down in Florida on vacation and I was out in the morning like trying to figure out how to shoot you know, the sunrise and, and learning how to use the camera. And uh, I just, I was out there and it was like 6 a.m. or something and I just said to God, I said, I love this photography thing. I just... I really enjoy this. And, and I, I remember praying. I say, God, I pray that you would make me a world-class photographer. And if you do, I'll use it to build your kingdom. And so I'm there, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing my devotional. I've, I've got my camera out and I feel like God just says, okay. <laughs> and I was like, wait, just okay. <laughs> but it, that's like, that's what it was. It was like, I was like, okay. 
So then I was like, wow. And, uh, you know, then golly, within a year, I had a, a, a sponsorship from a lens man from Tamron. And uh, I was uh, taking pictures and, you know, having my articles put on in magazines. And um, so it, it really, I think uh, I, I'm, 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 I can I can look at the pictures from Scotland and remember what uh, what my skill was before asking God to anoint me to be a good photographer and, and after and uh, I think uh, that's really when I started getting into photography. Um, but of course, you know, like anything, if if God gives you a gift or a talent, it, it, he he gives you raw material. It, it has to be developed. So I started uh, I started reading a lot of books. You know, there's a there's a fantastic. Um, book called Understanding Exposure and, uh, and, uh, by a guy named Brian Peterson and really anything by Brian Peterson is great. So I, I just read those books cover to cover and really learned how to kind of hone the craft. And, uh, and then man, God has just opened up doors to, to use photos all over the world. Wow. That, that's really interesting. As I'm thinking about that, this just, you know, basically from really, really bad to one day praying and feeling like God was going okay to a year later, you're in. You're published, and you have a sponsorship for real. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know. So I was on. I went. On, I was in Africa, and I was doing all these mission trips. And so, I just sent an email to like um, that. I went down to Dury's the photography shop, and I was like, okay, I, I don't have any. You know, what lens should I buy? And, and they were like, oh, you should buy this lens and this lens. And, you know, if you don't have several thousand dollars to go buy this, you know, the Mac Daddy, you should really buy this lens. So I just went to that lens manufacturer and I showed them some of the pictures that I had taken in Africa. And I was like, hey, can you give me lenses? <laughs> and and, uh, and you can, you know, use these. And they, and they sent me back and they said, okay, look, here's the deal. We'll give you lenses, but on the condition that we can do an article about your work and post it on our website. <laughs> wow. And so I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's got so. so now as I'm thinking about taking pictures, a lot of times that we wouldn't think of that as a usual ministry. We might think of building houses or feeding the poor or water, you know, providing clean water. All of those are good and valuable, but Photography isn't really the one that people think about. When did you realize the the actual impact that photography could have? Well, I, you know, art art is always uh, front and center for God. You know, he um, he, he it, it wasn't it was never on the back burner. If you think about when Moses is up on the mountain in Exodus thirty one, and God gives him the law and he gives him the Ten Commandments. Uh, the very first time that the phrase uh, filled with the spirit of God is used in the Bible is Exodus 31. Mm. And it was given to an artist. Uh, and so Moses is, is on the mountain. He's given instruction about the 10 commandments of the law. And then he's given instructions about a guy who's going to go and build a tabernacle. He's going to go build a beautiful place that God is going to come in and dwell. Uh, and, and he says, and so the guy's like a, uh, He's a stone worker. He's a craftsman. But it says in Exodus 31, um, the Lord said to Moses, behold, I've appointed Bezalel of the tribe of, of, of uh, well, I don't have it in front of me, but it says I filled him with the spirit of God 
in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs to work in gold and bronze in the setting of silver. And so God, he didn't just want to have a clunky looking tabernacle. He wanted a guy that was filled with the spirit of God and wisdom and understanding and knowledge and craftsmanship. And, um, and I think, you know, that, that art, art there is important. You know, God, God kind of, uh, God instituted art. If we look at, at the earth, if we look at trees, if we look at flowers and animals, I mean, everything is incredibly artistic. You, you mentioned, uh, clean water. I'll give you an illustration of why art is important. I, in 2009, I went to Darfur, Sudan and, um, uh, it was the middle of, you know, there's a genocide happening and, mm. and uh, half a million people were killed and two and a half million people are out in the middle of a desert and they're dying of thirst. And I was out in Darfur and at the time, at the time, because there was absolutely no infrastructure, you're in the middle of a desert to build a well in the middle of the desert cost $15,000. And, um, so the ministry that I was working with, I, I asked them, I said, no, don't, you know, don't build another well, uh, for $15,000. Let's, let's take $15,000 and let's take pictures and let's create a, a video and let's create a campaign for clean water. So one well would give, um, a thousand people clean drinking water. Um, so instead of, of building that, well, and this is, you know, a thousand people that would be dying of thirst. Mm. So instead of spending $15,000 to build that one well, we invested it in a campaign. Well, the campaign raised several million dollars and has given more than a hundred thousand people clean drinking water. So if, if you invest in, in art, um, you know, you can tell the story and you can move people to action. Uh, and so in this case, if we would have invested that $15,000, there'd be 1,000 people drinking clean water. Because we invested in art, there's 100,000 people drinking in clean water. So if God, if God invested in art to build his tabernacle, that would be a place where his spirit would dwell. Uh, I believe every person, uh, every ministry should invest in art. Uh, to, you know, it, it's not, it's not the end all. It's definitely the beginning all like start with art, <laughs> uh, because the environment that you create, uh, makes the thing that you grow more healthy. So that's the thing, you know, like I, when I go overseas, I, I was in Azerbaijan. I took a picture of this girl. She was probably 15 years old. And, um, I, I, I printed her portrait. I handed it to her. And uh, she looks at the picture and she looks at me and then she looks back at the picture and then she looks at me and she says, I'm beautiful. Hmm. And, and I'm like, that's exactly what, that's what art's about right there. You know, that's, that's showing somebody their beauty. Um, and I think, you know, that's another thing about art though, is if we're using art, if we use, I think the point of art is to use art to show people the beauty of God and to show people that they're loved. And so, you know, I, there's such a, there's a movement in a lot of, of education circles and in and, and a lot of things to where they use art to show chaos and disorder and, mm. 
you know, ugliness and, and all of these things. And I, I don't, I don't think, frankly, I don't, I don't believe that's God's design. I think the point of art is to inspire people to show beauty. Um, and so it's, it, you know, not all art is, is created equal. I, I don't believe that. I think that, that God is going to use art to, to, to make beautiful things. You know, as as you're sharing that, and this isn't something that we talked about, but I'm thinking, you know, sometimes it feels, at least to me, like we have an expectation that things that are related to the gospel or our faith or things like that, that we have some expectation of austerity there, but we're willing to be extravagant for personal things. Do you, do you think that maybe we just have that upside down? Jesus, what did Jesus do except walk around doing beautiful things? You know, if Jesus, I'm sure glad that Jesus wasn't a monk because <laughs> there would be a lot of, uh, there'd be a lot of people that were blind and a lot of people that were crippled and a lot of people that were, you know, demon possessed. Um, but Jesus said, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to go do a lot of beautiful things. I'm going to heal people. Uh, I'm going to use everything that I have to go and serve. So absolutely. Yeah. We, the austerity is, uh, is not on the, um, we're, we're supposed to be, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Um, so we've got to be out there bringing beauty. So as you think about Christian artistry, what kind of value does it bring to the table? We've talked about some of the things you've done with it, but does it only have value in serving something else or does it have value in itself? Well, you know, I, I think artistry or, or an artisan, you know, there's a, there's a passage in John 12, 24, and Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Uh, and so the illustration there is that of a seed. You know, if I, if I take an acorn and I plant it in the ground, it'll grow an oak tree and an oak tree will produce 15 million acorns in its lifetime. Hmm. Um, and so, if I, if I take my art and it's planted in the soil of God, if it's planted in God's will for my life, uh, then the, the thing that God can do is a, it's millions of times bigger and better than, than I can imagine. Um, you know, the same, the same idea is in Mark six with Jesus feeding the 5,000. Um, he, you know, the question was not, do we have enough resource? They didn't have enough resource. All they had was a couple of fish and, a, you know, some loaves of bread. The question is, where is the resource? Because when the disciples put the resource in Jesus's hands, then he broke it, he multiplied it, and he fed 5,000 people with it. So I think in a sense, um, an acorn that's not planted in the ground is, is beautiful. You know, it's, it's a really nice thing, but an acorn that's planted in the ground is, is a much, is a much more fruitful and better thing. So I think the question of is art good in itself, an acorn's great in itself, hmm. but I think an, until that's given to God, you will never, you'll never really understand or experience what God can do with it. Um, does that make sense? Oh yeah. And that's huge. You know, I, I hadn't really thought about that whole the, the loaves and the fishes things and being put in Jesus' hand. I mean, I'm sure I'm familiar with the story, but that particular shading, that was, that was deep. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing that. How would you encourage 
other artists. You know, there's this idea of starving artist. Um, hmm. If you're not, if you, if you're not able to get, if if you're not able to create something worthy of getting paid for, then study. Hmm. Um, like going back to that Bezalel and Aholiab um, passage, you know. It says filled with the spirit of God. And that, that's easy one. That's the one where we just say, oh, God, please, you know, make me a world class photographer. <laughs> you know, we just ask for it. You know, we, we, we can't make God do, do anything. We can ask him, God, please fill me with your spirit. But then it says in wisdom and wisdom is sort of the idea that, un, that, uh, I, wisdom is the understanding that ideas have consequences. So before I just jump out and do something, I got to think through, well, what are the consequences of these? Understanding is knowing what stands under. So like in photography, if I don't understand what every button does on my camera, then I need to gain understanding. Uh, knowledge is like experience. So knowledge is where you get out and do it. You test it, you try it. Uh, you work with somebody, you get apprenticed, um, you gain knowledge. And then craftsmanship is really just honing your skill to a level of excellence to where it's worthy of being paid for. So I think that uh, being being a starving artist as an excuse is, is kind of a cop-out. Like if you are an artisan, you have to work your butt off. If you're a, if you're a business person, you have to work your butt off. If you're a, if you're a worship leader or pastor, you have to work your butt off. If you're a missionary, you have to work your butt off. Well, guess what? If you're an artist, you can't sleep in and, you know, let the world, you know, let me, I just need to be inspired before I do anything. You got to work your butt off so you get good. So that's one of the encouragements that I would have uh, for artists. The other thing is that, um, Good night. Never don't let your art become an idol, and don't let your art be about yourself. Um, there's nothing more unsatisfying than than creating art so that people can say, "Oh, how awesome are you?" You know, I mean, the the, the thing is, is that we we are designed to worship God. We're we're not designed to to have people worship us. So um, make the art about something bigger than you. And, uh, and then it'll be a lot more fulfilling. Wow. That's just, that's amazing. Do you have, you mentioned that framework, you know, the spirit of God and then craftsmanship and wisdom and understanding. Is that framework something that you found or something that you put together yourself? No, no, that's straight out of the word of God. That's, uh, Exodus. So, you know, in the, um, you're going to hear clicking here because I'm pulling up this. So in Exodus 31, um, Verses one through four is uh, the Lord said to Moses, see, I've called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. Mm -hmm. And I filled him with the spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs. And then the thing is, is in Exodus 35, um, Moses comes back down off the mountain in Exodus 35, 30, and he tells the people and he says the same thing that Moses said to the people of Israel, see, the Lord is called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Mm -hmm. And he has filled him with the spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs. 
And then it also says that he's given him to teach. Um, and, uh, and so when something's repeated in the, you know, if you ask an, an old Testament scholar, like, how do you know what's important <laughs> in the old Testament? It's like, well, the things that are repeated. So the fact that the exact same language is repeated twice in this passage of Moses going up on the mountain is, is really, it's a big deal. But what's interesting is I never heard about that in church growing up. You know, mm-hmm. Nobody preached about Bezalel and Aholiab and the importance of artistry in the church. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've, obviously I've grew up in the church as well, and I've heard that kind of teaching, but I'd never heard it heard it broken down in those particular ways as far as you know gaining mastery and things like that i'd always had kind of some vague understanding of it but i think what you have there the way that you dove into the word and 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 allowed god that to reveal that to you that i think that was huge um Uh, can i say something yeah please do just i mean it's sort of the same thing that i was saying about artistry so if you if you need to understand the bible you dig into it, so you look up, okay, what does wisdom mean? Like, look, what's the original, you know, there's like these apps. You can get a strong concordance app on your Bible for like five bucks, where you just click on any word and it gives the original <laughs> definition. It's like, how cool is that, you know? So I think I think a lot of times we, as artists, we need to dig, or, dig deeper into something. And I think as Christians, we need to dig deeper into things as well. That's good. So... We're coming up toward the end of the time that we had booked, and I'm just wondering, um, where where can people see more of your work? Uh, well, yeah. So, I mean, the thing the the thing is is I, I, the goal of Picture of the Nations is not just to be a Joshua McLeod photo show. The goal is really to get the artisans, some of the the best photographers from around the world to show the beauty of people in the world. Um, and so there's a lot of, of my photos now uh, at picturethenations.org, or you can go to Facebook slash Picture the Nations or just Google search Picture the Nations. Um, but hopefully it's it's not just my work, but it's, it's the work of a lot of photographers all over. Um, I have a, a show right now um, – on May 7th at Springhouse Worship and Arts Center um, that I'm excited about uh, where I've got some some portraits up. And it's really, it's fun because they're like huge, you they know, are. really big pictures. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, I think really probably the website or Facebook, you know, Facebook, we're going to be posting pictures every day or, well, no, that's the goal. We, we end up picturing them <laughs> like very rare, but um you know, that's, that's probably the best way to do it. Okay. And kind of a follow-up question. You mentioned that it's not just about you, that you want other artists involved. So, so I kind of have two questions about that. One, if somebody's thinking, wow, this is something that sounds really interesting to me, how can they have some understanding about whether or not their level of craftsmanship is up to where it needs to be in order to be involved? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think within that frame... Um, we have like an application process where you can, um, where you can, you know, basically send us some pictures and, and, uh, and then we, we, what, what, what photographers can do is they pay their own way, um, to go on a, a mission strip, just like any short term mission strip. Mm-hmm. Um, and they give us permission to use the photos that they take to show the beauty of that country. And, um, but it's not, we, we'll take people that are, you know, in training because that's how, 
you know, it's that knowledge piece of how do people learn unless they surround themselves with other photographers. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've learned a lot of, I've learned a lot of things and tips and tricks and stuff from people that, that haven't been shooting as long as I have. Um, you know, so it's not like we're, we're photography snobs. It's just an encouragement to everybody to continue their craft. But yeah, we've got, so we've got trips. I'm, I'm planning out uh, a trip right now, you know, where you go for two weeks and the, I'll tell you what, a picture of the nation's trip is sort of, it spoils you for the sort of the normal missions trip, because instead of like going to one location and staying at an orphanage or, you know, staying at one place and then making a trip, you know, out into, you know, the society once in a while, picture the nation trips so are you're out every single day. You're out in the marketplace, you're, you're in the temples, you're in the, um, you know, the mosque or the, the synagogue or the, you know, the churches or, or you're out at the, at the fields. We, we go to cities and suburbs and rural areas and we capture, you know, on film the, the, uh, you know, the government and business. And, uh, and it's so amazing as we go out and give pictures away, you know, I've been given more gifts, um, as a missionary, you know, we, we see people going and, you know, handing out, oh, those poor people, let me give them food, let me give them this. But when you're on a picture of the nation's trip, they're like, oh, that awesome photographer just gave me this picture, let me give them food, let me give them something to drink, you know. So it's really, a picture of the nation's missions trip is, it's about the most fun thing to do in, in all the world. So, yeah. <laughs> And I noticed on your website, you've been to, I think, 11 nations so far. What's, what's the next one you're trying to get to? Um well, I think a lot of them, I've, I've done pilots. I've been in 26 countries so oh, far, so I okay. need to update my website. Um, um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking there's a couple of things. One is um, I want to uh, I want to go back to, I, I was in Haiti in uh, February. So I was in Israel in January. I was in Haiti in February. And I, I want to, I've really, I think I want to focus on Haiti as a project to finish that Picture of the Nations book. So what happens is I want to give these books away at cost to missionaries. And if I do, if you do a run of books, it costs about $10,000 to do a thousand books. Mm. So if I, if I have 10 grand, then I can buy a thousand books at $10 a piece. So then the missionaries can get them at $10 a piece. And they can sell them for $30 or whatever to, to raise money for their ministry. Mm -hmm. So part of the challenge of Picture the Nations is I want to do a coffee table photo book for every country in the world. And so there's 202 countries. So I need basically 202 times 10,000, <laughs> which is uh, which is certainly God. God's going to have to do the multiplying. I'm giving him the bread and the fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's something. But in, on the other hand, in what other ministry can you serve an entire country for 10,000 bucks, you know, where you can serve, because if you're serving every aid organization and every missionary in that country with photography, with art, like the Darfur project, um, you can serve an entire country for $10,000. How cool would it be to go, you know, to go to your grave saying, you know what, I gave, I gave this $10,000 and I served an entire country. All the people of Mongolia are now served because of this photography project or all the people of Haiti or all the people of, of whatever country. So that's, you know, that's, that's God's problem. I don't have an extra $10,000 for every country in the world. 
But uh, I'm praying for you know donations that people will get behind this and support it. And uh, maybe it's not ten thousand dollars. Maybe it's five, and maybe it's a lot of people giving five dollars so that we can you know buy country buy buy books. So uh, that's that's good. And the the best place for people to connect with you on this kind of thing is Picture the Nations. Yeah, PictureTheNations.org. Yep. Excellent, Joshua. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Oh, it's it's my delight. Uh, thanks so much for having me. That's all the time that we had with Joshua McLeod. I hope and I pray that you were challenged, encouraged, inspired, that you received something from this. I think that what he brings to the table is amazing. If you'd like to check out the show notes, you'll find out find those at engagingmissions.com slash picture the nations or to connect with him directly visit picture the nations.org make sure to check out what he has going on it's pretty amazing stuff thanks for listening to the engaging mission show you can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in itunes or stitcher thanks so much for joining us we'll be back next week